this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic intuitive and medium coming to you from Humboldt County in Northern California. And I'm Judea, a psychic intuitive energy healer coming to you from the island of Kauai. And together we are Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Aloha. And welcome to this next episode on empathy and the collective consciousness. We've actually talked a lot about empathy and the collective consciousness throughout every episode for the last two and a half years, but we felt like it deserved its own episode. So Patty and I are going to be diving a little bit deeper into it, what empathy is, what are symptoms of empathy, what we can do if we are empaths, how to cope with it, how to manage it. and. We also want to talk about the collective consciousness because empathy and the collective consciousness go hand in hand. So with that, I'm going to hand this over to Patty to give us a little bit more of an explanation as to what empathy and the collective consciousness is. Hi, Patty. Hi, Jude. All right, let's start off with collective consciousness. What is it? If you get your phone out and you Google collective consciousness, chances are the first thing that's going to come up is collective consciousness theory. And this is a set of beliefs by Carl Jung, and it is all informational based. It's the belief that there is a collective consciousness of a shared set of beliefs, morals, values, and norms. However, today, Jude and I are talking about the energetic collective consciousness and how all of this translates energetically. So energetically, the collective consciousness includes emotions and physical sensations. So we can think of the collective consciousness as this kind of overlying collective frequency of all of our energy fields. Einstein actually said that we're all connected. And one thing that happens in the universe has an effect on all other things. So this is the belief that every independent thought that we have radiates out and impacts humanity as a whole. You know, we even talked about this in our episode about death and dying when we pass over, how we have this life review stage, how we can see how much of an impact we had on not only the people around us, our friends and family, but in the world in general, how every word we say has an effect on someone, which affects their response to someone else. So we're taking this to the next level. We're talking about an energetic field that we all add to and that we pick up from. So let's talk about COVID. This is such a great example. When COVID first began, I feel like humanity went through some stages kind of similar to the stages of grief. You know, we started out where everyone was in fear and then we went to denial and then we went to bargaining and then we went to anger and then we went to division. So there are people that are empathic, that are hypersensitive, that really can pick up on this energy. And I certainly did. I would find myself waking up fearful and not really knowing why, or waking up angry or things could shift in the middle of the day where I just felt alone and divided. So as empathic people, as hypersensitive beings, we need to have an awareness of what belongs to us and what belongs to others and what belongs to the collective consciousness. I have had times I'm extremely empathic and I have had days where I woke up and just felt super uneasy and could not figure out why. And then I read later on that there was an earthquake or a tsunami on the other side of the planet. So we as empaths can pick up on fears, emotions, anger, all of the emotions from other beings and also from the collective consciousness. Now we feed into this field. 
when we are radiating a high vibrational frequency and we're feeling positive, we are adding high vibrational frequencies to this field. And as Jude spoke about in our episode on ascension, the more of us that feel positive and loving and kind and tap into generosity and gratitude, we have that effect on the collective consciousness. And this is also where mass meditations come in. We've all heard of groups of people having mass meditations where they work together as conductors of energy, and they actually have a significant effect on the frequency of what's happening around them. So what they're doing is they're magnifying a visual or an emotion or a positive frequency, and they're sending that out into the field of consciousness. Now, the field of consciousness is affected by what's happening in our environment, in our physical environment, what's happening emotionally in our family, our community, our state, our country, globally. It's also affected universally by what's happening by things such as planetary alignment, moon cycles, equinox, solstice, solar flares, portals, and vortexes opening. During these times, the collective consciousness is also affected. And again, those of us that are hypersensitive and empathic can really be strongly affected by that. So we can consciously tap into the collective consciousness. There's a lot of wisdom and information there. There's energy from our ancestors that still live within this collective consciousness, but we definitely have to have an understanding of the collective consciousness and what belongs to us and what we're picking up elsewhere so that we don't become victimized by it. So empathic people are people that are super sensitive to other people's emotions. When I was younger, I would be talking on the phone to someone and they'd be telling me they had a headache and I would have a headache and I'd say, how is this happening? So I was picking up on their physical sensations of a headache. This is why if you're with a friend that's just in a really bad mood, a lot of times you end up being in a really bad mood afterwards. We pick up on this energy field from people that we're around. We can pick up on it from people, neighbors that we're not even aware of. And again, from the collective consciousness. We're also super sensitive to things like the commercials about animals that are suffering or being abused, you know, a person that's not extremely empathic might look at that and think, wow, that's really sad and move on with their life. Empathic beings, we feel that. We feel that emotion that's coming through the TV for the rest of the day. We're also super affected by movies, by certainly crowds, by antique furniture, you know, items can carry energy. So what we're going to talk about more today is how to have a better understanding of protection from the collective consciousness. Again, understanding how important the vibration that we put out is not only for our own health and well-being, but also for the health and well-being of humanity generally how important it is to send out loving kindness and gratitude and prioritize our own happiness and joy to have boundaries and to pause and reset, not only again, so that we can reset our own frequencies. So, but that we have a chance to recognize where we are, what we're picking up on. If it's something that we can utilize information that we can act on like a premonition, or if it's something we need to clear. There's so much on this topic. I mean, I feel like, Jude, like we could talk about this for days. So I'm going to hand it over to you from here and let you add. Wow, Patty. That was like a very masterful lesson and lecture on empathy and the collective consciousness. I don't know if I need to add anything else. I think this episode is done. We're complete. <laughs> I felt like it was a little all over the place, but. Um... No, it was incredible. I'm like, what else can I add to that? You know, empathy for me or the collective consciousness, let's go into that. 
I've always viewed the collective consciousness as sort of like the oversoul of various groups. So let's start from the small space. Let's start from just your home and your family and your house and what the collective energy of that space is between like you and maybe your kids and your spouse and whoever else lives in that house. And it's sort of like, I see it as the energetic average of how everybody's feeling in that space is, is everybody in a good mood? Are they positive? Are they hopeful, you know, motivated, or is everybody depressed and angry, you know, and then what is the collective means of that? What is the collective average? And if you're in a house where maybe a few people are deeply depressed and a few people are very high, the collective average could be a very sort of bipolar energy in the house where it's either very high or very low and a sense of instability within that space. And then we move it out to what is your neighborhood? You know, there are some neighborhoods that have uh, homeowners associations and you know, right? When you go into that neighborhood, it's a completely different vibe and energy than if you were to go into another neighborhood or, you know, is this feel like a more dangerous or sketchy area of the city or does this feel really quaint and very safe? You know, there's a lot of things that contribute to what we're going to pick up in a space as soon as we walk in. And then we get into the cities, you know, San Francisco compared to Chicago, compared to New York are all going to have sort of their own collective energy. The United States is different than Japan or Russia, you know? And uh, then we talk about our whole planet compared to another planet, Venus, Saturn, other planets we don't even know about. And then the collective consciousness of this entire universe, it goes bigger and expands further. And there's many multi-layers in between it. What is the collective consciousness of African-Americans throughout their history? What's the collective consciousness of Asians, you know, different races or different sexualities? What is the LGBT community going through as a collective? There's so many different ways we can look at what the collective energies are giving us. And as an empath or an intuitive, there's ways that we can look into very specific layers of the collective. For me, I'm always checking in with the collective of the planet. I see, you know, in my senses, the collective sort of looks like their own being or their own entity and oversoul, as I had said before. And I look at the overall energy, the overall mood of this oversoul, very similar to how I might read a person who is, you know, maybe struggling and depressed or very happy and living their highest expression right now. You know, I see the oversoul of the planet in a similar way. And it's a great way for me to see like collectively how we're all doing as a unified being. Part of being able to tap in and be sensitive to what's happening in the collective goes hand in hand with being an empath. As Patty had said earlier, where we can be ultra sensitive to everything, all these energies that are going on around us. And I, for one, can speak in saying that I spend a lot of my energy trying to teach other people how to protect themselves, how to be more grounded, more protected, to be stronger, to not be oversensitive to all these energies that are happening. And I can tell you for myself, I recognize that I'm very sensitive. It's not something that we can necessarily shut off, but we can learn to be empathic to our own empathy to gauge when it's time to retreat, to back off, to not go, you know, things like that. Not that I want everybody out there to become a recluse and just stop engaging with people because their empathy is too strong. But a lot of people out there are empaths and have no real awareness that that's what is the source of their suffering. 
And they don't understand that the things that make them feel low or overwhelmed is because of the energy that they're picking up from everybody else. So when we have an understanding that we live in an energetic universe and our energy is interplaying with these microcosms and macrocosms of the collective consciousness, then we can learn to work within that space with a little bit more grace. So I hope that helps to give you a broader understanding of how you might be able to look and acknowledge what the collective energy is and how our empathy is playing into that. Patty, how might our listeners know if they are an empath? That's a great question. So let's start by separating sympathy from empathy. If somebody has a lot of sympathy for somebody, they feel compassion for them, sorrow or pity for their hardships or whatever they're going through. If they have empathy, it's as if they're putting themselves in their shoes. They feel things much more deeply. They feel it as if they themselves are experiencing what this person is going through. Empaths, they tend to be extremely present and compassionate and caring beings. They are usually very honest, creative, nonviolent, gentle, romantic. They're the type of people that fight for the underdog. However, they seem to lack some of the filters to block stimulation that other people have. So an empathic person can be born into this. It's something that can come on strong in childhood and that you can build boundaries and feel a little bit better about it as you get older, or it's something that can build throughout your life. And this again, you know, I, I lived, and I think I talked about this in another podcast. I lived on the other side of the United States from my family. And one evening I felt really physically ill. I felt like I was having an appendicitis. I went to the hospital. They tested me. Everything was fine. I went home. And the next day my mom called that my brother had had an appendicitis that night. So that is a perfect example of empathy. What happened was I was empathically picking up on physical sensations from my brother. When these type of things happen to you, that's a clear sign of empathy. If you are in a group of people and you start to feel the energy shift, you may not be hearing what the conversation is that's going on on the other side of the room, but you can feel that it's getting tense or that someone's getting annoyed or angry. You're able to pick up on these energies without actually hearing or seeing it. That's another sign of empathy. It's the ability to be telepathic and it manifests in you actually feeling physically or emotionally what is happening. Empaths are also extremely intuitive, precognitive. They have premonitions. They have usually pretty clear dreams. They tend to be mediums. There was a study done and they think that there's about 20% of the population that are extreme empaths. I think it's way, way more than that. And this is something that may be building as we're shifting into this new energy because I have so many clients that are extreme empaths, but we tend to pick up on about 10 times more energy than other people around us. And again, this is energy from the collective consciousness, energy from people we're around and energy from the planet. We also can pick up energy from animals. Uh, empaths tend to really be animal lovers because we connect with them telepathically. And we feel like we have a relationship with them because we can tap into their energy field and relate to what they're going through. And we also have the ability to really be moved by nature and plant life. A lot of herbalists are empaths because they empathically have this connection with plant life. So some of the downfalls about empathy is if you do not have good boundaries, it can cause extreme anxiety. 
because you go into a concert to have a good time. And before you know it, you're picking up on everyone's anger, pain, you know, claustrophobia, the guys, you know, soar back in the row behind you. You can pick up on all of these emotions that it can make you feel claustrophobic and it can bring on anxiety. We also, you know, are bleeding hearts. We feel so much for everyone that a lot of times one of my sons would be upset. He would give me all of his emotional crap and he would leave and I would stew on it all day long. And he moved on, but I kept it even though it wasn't mine. So we have a difficult time having boundaries around what belongs to us and what doesn't belong to us, what we're willing to take on, what we're not willing to take on. And since we are really compassionate and caring beings, a lot of times it's hard for us to turn that off. We feel guilty for not taking on other people's issues or not relating to people on that deep level, but it can be too much. And empaths tend to, the way I see them, we compensate for empathy. Most empaths have kind of a beautiful bright aura, but it's very tight. And our aura should radiate out at least about three feet and theirs will be like six inches. So what happens is a lot of time empathic people will turn down their, their dimmer switch. They'll hold their aura pretty tight and pretty close because we don't want to announce ourselves to the world. We don't want to be that light for the bugs. And if we go in with a big, bright, shiny aura, Chances are, because like attracts like, people are going to be attracted to that light and be paying more attention to us or speaking to us or just watching us, and we will pick up on their energy. So a lot of times we shrink our aura, and that's really, really sad because like attracts like, and we want to be big and bright and beautiful so we can attract wonderful things. And then the other way people compensate sometimes is they will walk into a room and their energy just takes over the entire room. Their aura is like 20 feet tall. And what they do is they just blast everybody out of the way. And so they're utilizing their aura as a protection field, which it is, however, they're taking it to the max and there's everything in between there. So, you know, it's just so interesting to read people that are empathic because I spot it immediately. And if they're empathic, I tend to be more empathic. Like I'll be talking to a client and I'll say, does your back hurt? Because all of a sudden I'll have this sharp pain in my back. Or do you have problems with your left knee? Cause I'll feel that because they're very sensitive and I'm tapping into their empathic abilities, which is making me more empathic. And I'm picking up on that more. And after time, you know, I've gotten to the point where I can recognize that and then release it. Okay. This person has a headache. Now I know that, and I'm going to release it and not hold on to it anymore. So Jude, I'm curious when, do you feel that way too? Do you feel when you're reading people that are empathic, that you become more empathic in that exchange of energy? Definitely. I think that that goes back into the collective consciousness and the group dynamic and what everybody's contributing. Just like, you know, meditating with a group of seasoned meditators seems like you can go so much deeper and further than with a bunch of people who've never meditated before. It's just, uh, yeah, I think that we sort of unintentionally align ourselves to other people's energy. I've had people tell me all the time that, things get really far out when they hang out with me, <laughs> like way, <laughs> like way further, you know, not that I'm even saying anything. They just feel more sensitive. You know, some people get really kind of anxious around me. I've noticed that because, uh, I make them hypersensitive and empathic. Yeah. I liked your explanation as a clairvoyant Oracle. What it looks like to me is, you know, I love how you said that, you know, an empath sometimes holds their energy, open, but very tight. Yes, I absolutely see that. But a lot of times I will categorize empaths in 
a few categories that's disempowered empath and empowered empath. And there's a difference to me orically. A disempowered empath is somebody who sort of has rips, tears, or holes in their auric field. So we are talking about putting that sort of nice bubble of protection around us. And even though we might be holding that bubble of protection, you know, 90% full, there might be this one little area where we're having trouble or a weak spot. And it could be due to a number of situations. Maybe we had a traumatic experience. Maybe it's just a lack of awareness of, you know, a lot of people don't tend to look at the backside of their energy and they put all of their focus and intention on the front side of the energy and the backside might be feeling a little bit weaker and a little bit more open. And there's sort of like a bleed through of external energies that come in through those spaces. And depending on where I'll see those holes, rips or tears inside the energy field will really tell me about like what type of empath somebody is. Are they an empath that picking up more on the collective, on the earth frequencies, or do they just pick up more from people? Are they able to pick up frequencies from the space that they're in, you know, noises, smells, colors, things like that? Do they pick up specifically on just emotional energy or are they empaths in with spirit, you know, earthbound spirits or other type interdimensional beings? So on the other end of it, though, if it's an empowered empath, it looks a little bit different to me. It's more like their energy field is extended and sort of touching everything. Like they have these little kind of hypersensitive little feelers touching everything all the time. So it's not necessarily that there's a, a rip or a tear, but there are some empaths that I see that their energy is open, but it's just hyper aware of everything in the room. It's like touching all the things in the space when it's really unnecessary to do that. Like we don't need to know what the walls feel like and the floor and the furniture and, you know, the colors. We don't need to know all of those things. A lot of times empowered empaths come from sort of more ascended souls, souls that have been incarnate in higher dimensions or planets or places. And they come here with sort of a more advanced, refined patterning to their spirit. And it makes them ultra sensitive. So they just come in with the gift. As I said, the other aspect of it being people who just are unaware of like a, a hole or a void in their energy field where energy is leaking in and they can get very overwhelmed by it. And then beyond that, between disempowered empaths and empowered empaths that I see is disempowered empaths to me are people who have total lack of awareness that they feel sick, tired, depressed, overwhelmed because they are picking up energy from their environment or from other people and they don't understand it. They're completely lost. They, they sort of blame themselves for the way that they're feeling rather than recognizing it as coming from an external source. And another level of disempowered empath are people who have awareness that they're picking up energy from other people, but they have no understanding on how to protect themselves. They have no way of understanding how to create a boundary. And then when we get into the more empowered space, I would say a more empowered empath would be somebody who recognizes that these energies are not coming from them and they can draw a line in the sand and they can say, this is my energy. That is their energy. And this is where it stops. But they don't know how to transmute the external energies that are kind of pushing them back. And so this is where Patty said, somebody who holds a tight energy field, which is something that I do a lot. I can't always be high and bright in every moment, but if I do feel it in that moment, a really empowered empath is somebody who can go in and recognize the external energies that are affecting them 
and then add light to the space. And they can kind of change the frequency of the space or give energy from source to the people or the space around them. So it doesn't become like a vacuum. It doesn't become a suck. And these are a lot of the light workers and healers out there who just sort of have either a natural healing aura, or they have the conscious awareness to know that the energy needs to be shifted and they can do what they need to. You know, I know Patty and I both are the type of people who can go to a space and be like, Ooh, it feels a little stuffy and a little thick in here. And we'll just immediately call in light and a bright bubble and just fill the space up with light just to make it like a little bit energetically more breathable. But not everybody has the awareness to do that or empowered enough to know how to do that or if they're doing it correctly. I love that. I love how clearly you're able to read an auric space with the tears and the and the rips and the wounds. I don't see things that clearly. It's it's fascinating. I just love when you talk about that. It's amazing. Well, I thank you. You're welcome. All right. So some of the negative aspects of being a non-empowered empath and how you might feel victimized by your empathy or bullied by the collective consciousness can be feeling depleted. You know, if you're one of those people that you just feel constantly depleted and you're having a hard time regaining your energy or replenishing, that can be a clear sign of being overly empathic and picking up on other people's energies. Because whether we're doing it consciously or subconsciously, we are continually using alchemy to shift energies from negative to positive, to protect ourselves, to read the energy that's coming in, to decide what energy we're going to accept, what energies we're going to be blocking. So this is happening all the time, whether we're aware of it or not. And it can be really exhausting if this is something that you're doing continually and really not taking the time to do it properly or have boundaries. So you can feel depleted and anxious, overwhelmed, overstimulated, overly emotional. I call it my social hangover. I can go to a gathering or a party and I can have a great time, but I feel like crap for about two days. And even if I didn't drink alcohol, it's a social hangover because the whole night, whether I was consciously doing it or not, I was shifting energy and having an awareness of what I was picking up on and blocking energies coming in. Um, because again, we're hypersensitive beings and we go into this hypersensitive mode that takes a lot of input and energy. We can sometimes feel isolated and lonely. Uh, we tend to get sick easily and frequently if we aren't aware of it, because again, energy manifests physically. A lot of empaths turn into drugs and alcohol because they um, are looking for something to block some of these emotions. And so <clears throat> they can use these as a filter, as an unnatural filter to help them filter things out. We can have poor boundaries. Again, we can be affected by movies, TV commercials, belongings, groups of people. We tend to hate confrontation. So if you're having a conversation with somebody that's angry with you, if you're a non-empath, you can listen to their words. You can think of clever ways to respond. You can tap into how you're feeling. If you're an empath, you are just blocking those energetic daggers that are coming your way. You're trying not to get overwhelmed. And, you know, it's one of those things where later you're like, oh, why didn't I just say this? Because we, it puts us in a state of shock or of fight or flight. And it's hard for us sometimes to react to that. We also tend to get bored easily. If we're not picking up on stuff, we're bored because we're used to picking up on so many things. And we can also be reclusive and hide out from people a lot. We are triggered by people without boundaries. I love children, but I have a really hard time 
being in a group of children. I would volunteer in my daughter's preschool class for three hours and I would have to come home and take a nap because children as beautiful and amazing as they are, they have no control over their energy fields. And if you stick an empath in a group of children picking up on this energy, it's exhausting. We have trouble with difficult people. Um, we have trouble doing things that we don't want to do. Listening to music, we don't want to listen to. My husband can listen to my music. He hates it. He doesn't care. I cannot listen to music that I don't like because I'm so sensitive to the vibrational frequency of that sound that it can just put me in a really bad mood or have a negative effect on me. Uh, screen violence, books, weather and seasonal changes, planetary alignments, solar flares, natural disasters, hospitals, food. We can be affected by the food that we eat and how that animal was slaughtered at the time that this animal was killed. Or we can pick up on the energy of the people that were picking the vegetables that we eat. We can pick up on geographical lines really affected by things like ley lines and underwater springs and the quality of water. So there's so many things that we can be affected by. And if we're not aware of this, we can just be in a state where we're just being like tossed around by the wind and unable to ground or to catch ourselves or to anchor in because we're just trying to stay upright with so much coming at us. The positive things about empaths is we tend to be peacemakers. We're highly psychic and aware. We're good listeners, honest, compassionate. We tend to have a lot of deja vu and synchronicities, lucid dreaming, we're healers. Now, here's the thing about empaths. I have read empaths that would be an amazing doctor. And then I have read empaths that come to me and they say, I'm, I'm thinking of going to med school. And I'm like, oh, hell no, because there are empaths that can have an empowered boundary and work to be a surgeon or a doctor or a nurse. And then there are empaths that would be fully overwhelmed by that. And they're better to be healers as maybe a teacher or an artist or an energy healer. So it's really interesting to me, Jude, and I'm curious if you have had this I don't really know how to articulate what it is that makes it clear to me on the type of empaths that they can both be empowered empaths that are able to go into a one-on-one -on -one healing modality that's really intense, like say, like a surgeon, when you actually have your hands in someone's physical being, um, compared to those that it just, spirit tells me right off the bat, no way can they do that. Have you come across that? Yeah, I think that a lot of people, different souls come in wired differently for different reasons. You know, some people are just spiritually wired to be able to be a hands-on healer or a surgeon. Yeah, where there is a sort of a, a channel or a bypass so they don't have to take on too much. Not that I don't recognize that they do, but maybe they don't have an oversensitivity to it because I have had experiences where I know two people doing the same act does not mean one person is not taking on as much energy. Just one person might be more deeply affected by it and more sensitive to it. Though I'll see like the other person who is also taking on that same quality of energy, not have as much awareness, not have as much sensitivity, but I do believe that the energy still affects them. They just might not be able to pinpoint that that's was the source of the issue. Because I think it's sort of like a, a cosmic law, like energy exchanges. It, there's a transfer of energy constantly and consistently happening. And I think it's only those that have more awareness or more control over it, they can sort of manage how much of a transference is happening or block it from happening or have tools or rituals in which they do that will help do the maintenance and help do the clearing 
I don't think that actually really correctly answered your question, but the energy channels differently for people who are in a position where they do a lot of physical touch for sure. I love that. Yeah. Cause empaths make amazing healers, but you have to be again, very careful on what field of healing you go into it, you know, like something that we don't think of as let's talk about a hairdresser. You don't usually think of that as a healing modality. Well, it is, but you know, you don't think of it like a doctor or you don't think that they would be as strongly impacted as, as say a physician. However, a hairdresser is working around the crown of these people all day long. They're picking up energy, they're touching their hair, they're working in their, their crown chakra space and picking up energy. So hairdressers tend to be super empathic. And again, it can wear on them after a while. It can be an exhausting career just because of all day long, you're working with the energy of people. And again, you're touching them and then you are trying to make them feel beautiful and you're trying to make them feel positive and empowered. And so you're putting a lot of input in what you're doing and then you're also empathically picking up on all of their emotions. Yeah, I love that. Um, it, it brings up the question, does one create the other? Because I believe that there might be some empaths out there who are a little bit more reclusive and sensitive, and they don't really go out and interact with people, and they might not recognize themselves as an empath. Whereas somebody who is, you know, a hairstylist who's constantly touching people every day might not in the beginning realize that they're picking up a lot of energy, but eventually come to some like point of clarity that that is what is happening. And it's interesting because, you know, in the community of listeners that we have, there are certain career paths that are attracted <laughs> to our podcast, hairdressers being one of them, flight attendants, nurses, and therapists of any kind. I, I can't even tell you at this point how many flight attendants. Is there really that many flight attendants in the world or do flight attendants tend to just gravitate over to podcast, or maybe they're listening to podcasts as they're bored up in the skies, but you got to think about it. Like the amount of fear and anxiety that people must be feeling in a metal container flying in the sky. And then flight attendants being sort of like the beacon of security for everybody in that space. Uh, I imagine they're being bombarded with a lot of concentrated energy day in and day out. I was a flight attendant. Um, I lasted a couple of years and it was extremely intense. And it was crazy because at one point our hydraulic system went out. We had to prep the cabin for a crash landing. They had to foam the runway. All this stuff went down and I was at the main door and we landed fine. And as people were leaving, I had people that were angry that were like, well, now I'm going to miss my next flight. And I'm like, dude, you're alive to reach your next flight. And then there were people coming through that could barely walk because they were so upset and emotional and just the emotions that pass through you. And again, being up in the sky in a metal tube, you know, that energy field, that collective consciousness of that plane is very dense. Why don't you talk about the experience you had recently and how you pulled yourself out of it? I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. So I had an interesting experience in the month of December where I started getting into a really dark, despairing place. Now, as this happens with anybody, I think you start trying to peg or define why it is you feel like crap. Is it because of the weather? Is it the moon cycle? Is it because it's just the holiday season and, you know, people tend to get more depressed during those times. 
And I felt myself going on a deeper and deeper descent to where I started getting sort of hopeless and frustrated and aggravated with all aspects of my reality. And I confess this to you, you know, it's not like I can just be chipper and happy and positive about everything all the time. That's just not realistic always. You know, we try our best, but uh, sometimes our emotions get the best of us. And before I knew it, I had snowballed so deeply into this experience that there was this one day that I hit that I just was like, I'm done. I, I wanted to just quit everything and run away from this experience. You know, it was just this feeling of like, I'm fed up it's hopeless. It's not going anywhere. And the whole time I kept feeling this, but there was another voice in me that was saying, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? Like your life is so blessed. You live in this beautiful Island. You have an amazing family. Like all these great things are going for you on paper, by all means, I should be stoked, but why am I overwhelmed with this feeling of discontent in everything? And, um, the day that it peaked, I think I was just so emotional and in tears all day. And I was really being hard on myself and not quite being able to figure out where it was coming from. And that evening I was taking a death doula training class and we did a little meditation where we had to look at our own spirit and just see what we saw. And during this descent into my you know, December depression, <laughs> I tried meditating and I just couldn't seem to find the clarity. And so earlier when we were talking about, you know, the collective energy going into that class and having a smudge and everybody opening with a prayer to create a sacred container. And then all of us sitting there doing the visual meditation with each other suddenly made it super easy for me to just see with clarity what was going on. So I just want to point that out. Like it wasn't that I wasn't trying, but I was so deep and so dark into a negative space that I really needed the support of other people to help create a space for me to really like look at what was going on objectively. What I saw was myself being pummeled like an intense waterfall of energy just pressing down upon me. And in the vision, I was being pressed against the ground and just struggling to almost sit up straight. And I was asking spirit, what is this? What is that? What's pushing down on me? And I saw myself kind of throwing my arms up, trying to push this energy off me. And it was this like futile struggle. And spirit showed me a reflection of myself changing the way that I was fighting this energy. And I saw myself suddenly just grabbing onto whatever this waterfall of energy was and just letting it travel through, just letting it funnel through rather than trying to resist it. And as I did this, I sort of saw myself stepping back out of this waterfall, just so now this waterfall of energy was moving in front of me rather than through me. And spirit told me in that moment that this energy was not mine that this was the collective energy of the planet and that me and people like me, light workers, healers were helping to channel this collective energy through because it was coming to like a peak point where it was becoming overwhelming. I mean, you got to think about what's going on around the planet, especially around COVID. I think a lot of people are sort of very tired, very depleted. And just when we think that we're coming into the end of this tunnel, we get slammed back in again. And I think that collectively, you know, people are just over it. And I think that's what I was picking up on. But once I understood that and pushed myself out of the channel of that energy and recognized it as something that was outside of me, 
I am telling you instantaneously, like within two minutes of a meditation, it was night and day difference. What had been escalating for weeks at that point and peaking on that day in a matter of two minutes was completely done. I just poop, like popped out of it, like a breath of fresh air, like, oh, this isn't my energy. I have been trying to pinpoint this hopeless despair and depression in something in my life. And it had nothing to do with anything that was going on personal with me. So I want to share that story because in that same window of time, I also spoke with other people that are very sensitive empaths that were also feeling this kind of weighty anxiety, fearful, hopelessness, despair, and trying to associate it with something that was going on with them. And I think that the, the higher truth is, is that we are all actually pure divine beings. And a lot of the afflictions that we're feeling and expressions and overwhelm of emotions are just distortions that we're experiencing in the purity of our energy field. And we got to learn how to recognize that, to separate ourselves from it, and if need be, channel it through rather than resisting it. And so for the next day, I just sort of held this portal open and allowed this energy to flow through. And I felt a hundred percent better. Having said that, it's still intense. It's still intense. It's a new year. I think there's a lot of uncertainty and also a lot of hopeful expectation as to what this year is going to bring. And um, there's a lot of emotions surrounding the changes that we're going in collectively. So there you go. Maybe for some of you out there who might be feeling that same kind of, I can't place this depression, sadness, overwhelm, maybe look at it as though it is something outside of you or part of the collective and do a visualization where you're sort of channeling it through outside of you rather than allowing it to move through you. That's such a a great example of, of what we're talking about, what you went through. And, you know, the thing, there's the collective consciousness of like-minded supportive people too, and how much that can shift things and support and that container to hold you allowed you to move from a victim to being empowered around it and shift it and be an alchemist and change it. In addition to Jude, I have a lot of friends that are tapped in spiritually. And I can just say things like, wow, the energy is really weird today. And they'll be, oh, I know. So again, instead of being like, I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel really sad. I feel upset. We will agree that it's just a weird energy day. And so on days like that, it's kind of like you have to do extra self-care. You have to meditate. You have to get out in nature. You know, you have to use all of your tools to protect yourself. And like Jude said, have an awareness of what's going on, but with those limitations, so it doesn't have such a strong effect on you. So I love the, the alchemy. It's like deflect and reflect and use alchemy to shift that energy. And like you said earlier, Jude, we're all such powerful beings if we're not swept up in some of the negative things that are happening either in our lives or in the collective consciousness, and we have an awareness that we are that, we can shift energies. We can take dark, low, dense energies and shift them into something lighter, into something brighter, to shift the frequency, to change things. So I love that you found your power even during that dark, difficult time to shift that. Oh, it was just a really beautiful reminder of the energetic universe that we exist in and how even the strongest and the brightest and seemingly, you know, most grounded, you know, I I'm here speaking as a guide for a lot of our listeners, but you know, it happens to me too. I can get completely overwhelmed and snowballed into the muck and then start viewing it as though it's mine and then not know how to necessarily navigate my way out of it. But it's also a great example of how being in the space of other people 
who are like-minded or energy workers or healers, how that can create a nice buffer, nice container. And um, we sort of need each other really in those hard points. We can't always go at it and figure it out by ourselves. And I'm one of those people who have a hard time asking for help. I'll just suffer through it. And then I'll find my moment of clarity and be like, Patty, I just went through hell and came out. She's like, well, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you tell me? You know, I have, I have people like that. Or just, uh, you know, as Patty said, having our empathic friends, there are days that I'll text Patty and just be like, what the hell is going on? Are you feeling this? You know, so it's just nice sometimes to have somebody to check in with just to know that you're not the only one going through it. I love that. And, and again, as empaths, we oftentimes have the tendency to retreat. I know I do. If I'm upset or something's bothering me, I retreat. I go into my own little hole. I separate myself from the world. And there are times when, if you have a good supportive community, if you take advantage of that support, their higher vibration can help you shift your energy into a higher vibrational space, just like you did in your class. So a couple of things that you can do to help you be more of an empowered empath, I love the way you labeled that, is to meditate. Take some time to really separate from what's going on and look at it from a different point of view. See if there's any cords that are coming in. Ask spirit, help me. Is this mine? Does this belong to me? How do I deal with this? Take a look at your aura. If you are like Jude and able to see your aura clearly, see if there's any tears or any rips that need to be healed or or magically get a little golden thread and, and sew them up. Take your aura and let it be a little bit brighter. Turn up your inner dimmer switch and let it be brighter and bigger and expand out a little bit more. I work with a golden bubble of safety a lot. When I go into a crowd, I put a golden bubble of safety around me. And in addition to putting that golden bubble around me, I kind of fill it up with my auric space. And that serves as my protection. And I state the intention that this is going to protect me, that I have a full awareness of where I am and what's going on. However, I only pick up on things that are necessary or positive for me. Now, when I'm reading people, it's a totally different story. I'm wanting to be more open and collect that information. But if I'm just out to lunch or again to a concert or something, I need to have that protection. And in fact, I recently wrote a book for empathic children, and this is one of the tools in there. You know, kids have such great imaginations. And if you have a child that's super empathic or that's sensitive or shy or has trouble in crowds, if you can have them visualize or imagine this big golden bubble of safety around them. And that, you know, the energy of the light of gold is such a high purifying energy that in itself, that visual helps shift things. So you can put some protection around you when you realize that you're going into a situation where you're more apt to be overwhelmed or anxious or pick things up. Self-expression is great. Doing art, journaling, singing, chanting, writing, whatever works for you, expressing yourself helps us release things that don't belong to us. It helps us get in touch with our own inner being and the core of ourselves, which also helps us get to know ourselves more. And the more we know ourselves, the more we will realize what is ours and what is not ours. Being around animals, being out in nature, be particular about the movies you watch and the books and the music you listen to. Stop doing shit you don't like. You know, my husband gets mad at me because the only movies I'll go to are like chick flicks and romantic comedy because I do not need to feel like crap 
for the next three days over some violent, scary, sad movie. That's just for me, but be particular about what you allow yourself to have access to and be aware of the people and the things and the situations that make you feel bad so that you can stop it. Be careful with drugs and alcohol, set intentions, release things regularly. I can't tell you how many times I walk around saying, whoa, not mine, releasing that, don't know what that is, releasing anything that doesn't belong to me, releasing anything that's not positive, kind, hopeful, loving, empowering. That's my inner dialogue constantly. And it really works for me. And even though I you know, say it all the time, there is an energy behind it that helps me clear out things that don't belong to me. Say no more often, take your own car. Sometimes when I go places, I take my own car so that when I'm driving home, I can be releasing everything that I picked up on, you know, take a bath, use water to clear your energy. Water is a great purifier and clearer. So again, you can run yourself a nice bath and set the intention that as you get down in this lovely warm water, that it's going to help you release any energy that doesn't belong to you. So again, spending more time with yourself, meditating, getting to know your energy field better, recognizing your triggers these are things that will help you have a better awareness of what is passing through your energy field. There are things that we have no control over. And like you said, there's things that we can bypass or that we can separate ourselves from. And there are things that we need to really sit with and talk through and analyze before we're able to release it. We need to take the time to get to know ourselves or we won't be able to recognize what's coming in that's not ours. What do you do, Jude? What's your best tool for empathy overload? Well, I like your golden bubble approach. For me, I use like a a crystal or a diamond. I like the sense of a defined boundary between me and everything else. And I generally only use that when it's like a, a crowd full of strangers and I'm not really rocking, you know, the diamond crystal protection, unless it's like, that's my, like when I'm pulling out the guns, you know what I mean? Like that's my, my (laughs) super juice. Yeah. My heavy one, but uh, yeah, I'll use like a light or I'll just expand my aura out. We can't express enough how important grounding on any level is, you know, grounding for me was a lifesaver. Patty has talked about it in past podcast too. You got to think of grounding as sort of like plugging yourself into like a bigger force field. Yeah. It reminds me of those giant sharks or whales in the ocean. And then they have those little teeny tiny fish swimming next to them because by them swimming next to this bigger whale, you know, all the other mid-sized fish aren't even going to be able to bother them because they sort of look bigger, right? They're more intimidating. Uh, But by plugging yourself into the earth frequencies and Nowadays, as we talked about in the Ascension podcast, there's kind of a new way of plugging into the higher earth frequencies or the new earth frequencies. And by doing this, you're sort of taking this little fractal piece of you and plugging it into like a much bigger field, which automatically makes your aura bigger and your energy brighter. And it also gives you a space to kind of move any static or excess energy that you're picking up into that bigger field. And another way that I like to look at a protective bubble, as Patty was saying earlier, a lot of times empaths, when we get overwhelmed, we shrink our energy down. We retract. We want to curl up into the ball and shrink away from whatever energies that we're feeling. When in fact, the irony is, is we should be doing the exact opposite. When we find ourselves in an uncomfortable situation, when we feel ourselves wanting to shrink down, what we should be doing is filling our energy field up with light from source and expanding our energy out. 
I like to think of it as sort of like the fence line around a property. If we have a very short fence line, you know, it's like living in a, a very small lot, stacked houses, you know, we, we're watching people walk by, we're almost having to interact with every person just as we'd have to interact with everybody's energy that's moving around our very kind of short border. Now, if we expand our energy out, it's like moving that fence line out and giving us acres and acres where people could be walking on the outskirts of our energy field and we would never even know that they're there. It's just giving us more space. It's like being in a fishbowl compared to being in the ocean. When our energy is bigger, there's more room to breathe energetically. It's not being bombarded by other people's energy. We're not having to process what other people are contributing to the space before we're able to process what's coming in for us. So, you know, rather than shrinking in, draw on that light, visualize your energy expanding. Another aspect of it is your guide system, your angels, your spirit guides, you know, they're there to assist you. All you have to do is ask for the assistance. A lot of spirit guides, sort of the contract is that they, they can't really interfere unless you ask, but they're here. As soon as you have awareness and want to utilize them and work with them, they can help bring in more protection or help raise the frequency or buffer out energies that are interfering or making you feel down and low. You know, that's another thing that you can do. And probably the last aspect that pops out to me is being empowered in believing it to be true. If you doubt the work that you're doing or the intention that you're setting, you're already weakening its potency. The power of belief is paramount. You know, we are powerful creators. We are powerful beings. And the moment you decide in yourself that you are not or doubt that in yourself, you're letting more shadow energies kind of win and take a hold of your energy. So being empowered, believing in your power and utilizing these intentions and visualizations or invocations or whatever it is that you're using with authority, with conviction is going to make the work that you do very potent. Cause I hear a lot of people, you know, I'm smudging and I'm clearing and I'm doing that, but I don't know if it's working. Well, I was like, well, that's already the first clue to me, at least that if somebody uh, is not creating a strong enough force field or, or container around them, you really have to have faith in this work that you're doing. I agree with you, Jude, on utilizing our guides and grounding and totally 100% empowerment. Empathy is a gift. This is a special gift that you have. People can't lie to you. People can't sneak anything by you. You have this innate awareness and knowledge of everything that's happening around you. And if you see it as a tool, it can be a powerful tool to help you navigate through this lifetime and help you be more present. So again, find tools that work for you. Don't be a victim to it. See it as a powerful gift. Embrace it, own it, and use it. So for all of you empaths out there, whether you've had full awareness of your empathy or not, I hope that what we spoke about today is going to help you, is going to give you some direction on how to work with your empathy and how to recognize when energy is yours and not yours or part of a greater collective. In speaking to the collective, remember that the energy that you carry, the overall frequency that you are is 
contributing to that overall collective energy. So the personal work that we do individually in ourselves is benefiting everybody on this planet. If we can hold ourselves in a higher regard or be more compassionate, caring, kind, loving, have more gratitude, whatever it may be, every moment that we give a piece of ourselves towards a higher and greater good, we are rippling that energy throughout this entire planet. It is a collective effort, and we each have our own individual role in carrying humanity into a higher reality. With that, I just want to thank everybody for taking the time to listen and supporting us. Thank you for your comments, your feedback, for your donations, and for spreading the word about what we're doing. We really attribute our success to your support. So thank you so much. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can always check us out on Instagram at Spirit Speakers Podcast and our website at spiritspeakerspodcast.com where you can visit our individual websites to find out what Patty and I are doing on our own. Till next time, aloha. Take care. <laughs>